0: What's up, everyone? It's me, AJ, and you're listening to Housewives Happy Hour with AJ. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ultimate Breakdown. I'm starting with Atlanta today. I know I haven't talked about Atlanta in a while. There hasn't been a lot in the press with Atlanta. I'm not sure if the ladies just aren't doing that many interviews this season. But anyways, a couple weeks ago or months, I can't remember now, but um, Nene Leakes, I I did speak upon her lawsuit against Bravo and Andy Cohen. She did continue her, her... voicing her opinions on Twitter just this past weekend, revealing that she is writing a book. She also said, "'This treatment has been going on for years. "'Everybody can see what they did to me. "'Nobody is stupid.'" She also continued by saying, "'Just remember, abusers want power over their victims. "'They want to break you. "'Most abuse takes place behind closed doors. "'Hint, this is why you don't know or see everything. "'In the surface, it looks fine, right?' She also said, "'There were many people behind the scenes "'that were complicit. "'They need to be exposed.'" She then revealed that she is writing a book and plans to tell it all. She said, The book I have been writing for the past year is going to be a must-read. I just can't wait to share it. So, just a little bit of background. In April, I guess this was... um, Yeah, it was April. Um, Nini was... um, I'm sorry. Nini sued Bravo, basically claiming that they allowed racist behavior to fester behind the scenes for years. So, I... I've already kind of talked about this, like, a lot, I feel like, so I don't want to get into it too much, but I just wanted to share the tweets that were out there because I thought that they were kind of, they kind of come out of nowhere. Like, there's not really a lot of context behind them, so I, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to share it. And that was all I had for Atlanta. So moving on over to Beverly Hills, Erica Jane's legal issues continue to grow. So I do have a new article from page six where two former employees, as well as Erica, are being sued for fraud and theft by Nicholas Cage's ex-girlfriend, Christina Fulton. Um, Christina is seeking $700,000 plus in the lawsuit, which claims that Tom Girardi and his former colleagues Samantha Gold and John Kelly Courtney misappropriated settlement funds to support their lifestyles. This is a similar lawsuit to many of the lawsuits that have been Coming out here, excuse me. In January 2016, Fulton was involved in a car accident where she sustained severe injuries. Following the accident, she sought out Girardi Keys for legal representation. Gold served as Fulton's primary counsel while Courtney was a senior attorney on the case. In March of 2019, the case concluded with a confidential settlement agreement in the amount of $924,300,000. Fast forward to July of 2022, when Fulton learned via newly discovered financial documents what happened to her nearly $1 million in one million in settlement funds, documents proved that Fulton's settlement funds were deposited into Girardi-Keese's bank account without her consent. The lawsuit claims this was a complete outright forgery as Fulton never endorsed this check and certainly never agreed to have it deposited. This negotiated check was in fact a forgery and a lie. The check has never held in trust but spent. It was beyond shocking and the pale and the pale that the firm would conceal the arrival of the check and not obtain Miss Fulton's endorsement as required by law. According to her lawsuit, Fulton only received $190,000 of her settlement between April 2019 and September 2020. This maneuver was part of Tom's grift to dupe his clients into waiting for money by dribbling small payments, which we have learned, you know, through the Housewife and the Hustler. Fulton's attorney also uh, claims there is no proof that the settlement funds were dispersed to Girardi Keyes in three separate installments. $214,000 2 214,000 on April 26th of 2019, 1 million on April 12th of 2019 and 300,000 on April 10th of 2019. As for why Erica is named in the lawsuit, you're probably wondering. Fulton claims that there is proof that her funds were Allegedly diverted to Erica via her company EJ Global, the funds were later transferred to Pretty Mess Incorporated. Per the lawsuit, Fulton alleged that Tom and Erica used the funds as their own assets to pay for their lavish lifestyle. The funds were treated as community property, is what the court documents are alleging. Erica used the money to pay off her expenses for at least twelve years. All of her expenses were paid by Gerardi Keys as she was generating them. No one withdrew money from the firm other than Erica Gerardi. One of the attorneys representing Fulton is none other than Erica's arch nemesis, Ronald Richards, who I've talked about many times on here. Richards claimed that many people in Hollywood trusted Tom and Erica in their legal matters. He added that Erica and Tom were a public couple who preached wealth and success. Erica profited off of these funds, which were used to provide content for the Housewife show to which she was paid for. She directly received vendor payments from these funds and personally benefited from the misappropriation of our client's settlement. Despite the claims, Erica's attorney, Evan Borges, notes that his client is a non-lawyer who had no role in her husband's legal career and added Erica simply thought she was married to an extremely wealthy attorney with a financially successful law firm and that this lawsuit is just another attempt to make Erica's responsible for her estranged husband's actions. It's a distraction tactic and... um, for lawyers representing former Girardi and Keith's clients to use Erica's lifestyle and persona on a housewife show as an excuse to sue her. The focus should be on Tom Girardi and where supported by evidence, the lawyers, accountants and financiers, I hope I said that right, who enabled his misconduct and wrongdoing. I kind of agree with Erica's lawyer here at this point because I feel like at this point with all these different lawsuits that are coming out, it, it goes back to the same thing of, you know, was Erica complicit or not? It's kind of like their word against hers, because she could easily just say, I don't remember, and I wasn't in charge of finances or whatever, uh, or that's just kind of what her lawyer's telling her to say. So it is kind of fishy, but I will say that her attorney definitely makes sense. Something that did interestingly happen on social media was Rinna wrote in a post that Lois got one episode of Grace, and that's it. She said Lois deserved and deserves so much more. Shame on everyone. It seemed that well, so Renna's message was supported by a post from the Pink Pop Box podcast which read I'm shocked we spent three episodes about the world the word dark, but only a few scenes shown on real human grief. The post is referencing Crystal's claim that Sutton made a dark comment about race last season. The allegation never went anywhere, it fizzled out. Lois died in November of 2021 after suffering a stroke. We know that now. Rena's feelings basically are, I think production featured Lois a lot over the years, actually, which is why I thought they would celebrate her life a bit more and show our family's grieving process. We all just loved her so much, and I'm grateful the show gave her a platform. She loved it and loved all of you. I think that's nice. I also think that Lisa kind of has a bone to pick with production. That's kind of why she's been... um kind of silent these past couple of weeks, so I don't know. I mean, there might be some changes brewing over here in Beverly Hills. Moving on from that, so former Real Housewives of Atlanta star Cynthia Bailey believed her joining the Beverly Hills Housewives franchise could make sense. She did an interview with Page Six where she talked about it. By the way, she does live more so in uh, in uh, LA now than Atlanta because I believe her husband works there, so... Anyways, I'm trying to find my article here. So she added that she is friends with Garcelle and newbie Cherie Zampino. She said, I know Garcelle. I actually know Cherie, who is one of the new friends of. I know Lisa Renna, I know Kyle Richards. I've worked with Dorit. I've never met Sutton. I feel like I know those ladies well enough that if I ever wanted to, uh, it would make sense. If Cynthia does join Beverly Hills, she hopes to start fresh with Kyle, who they kind of had a little bit of... Uh, You know they butted heads And she said we disconnected and then connected I gave Kyle a really hard time on that trip I'm 55 and premenopausal We're just going to blame it on premenopause At this point I was like play the game Just play the game Cynthia is focused on building a career in Hollywood. She said, I really came out to LA to start my acting career. I really didn't come here to join Beverly Hills. Now, once the acting kicks off, because that's the priority right now, if I slide in there every now and then, I'm not opposed to it. It would just have to make sense, but it's not my focus right now. I think it could be interesting to have her as a friend kind of starting out and seeing how she does with the mix. Cause I actually liked Cynthia on Atlanta. I know that she had some rough patches and she kind of got a little boring towards the end. But I think that she could be refreshing for Beverly Hills, given the right cast. So I'm open to it for sure. So I don't know if any of this is true or not, but I'm going to share it with you guys so we can kind of embellish in this whole casting rumor thing together. So according to a new report from Life & Style magazine, apparently OG Kyle Richards may be on the chopping block for season 13. Uh, A source spoke with Life and Style magazine saying that there is a major shakeup coming to the Housewives franchise for Beverly Hills. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to share this with you guys was because one, I thought it was kind of interesting, but two, um, Beverly Hills did lose a major producer for this, you know, upcoming season. They're not going to have the same producer that they've had for years and years and years. His name's Alec Baskin. So a lot of people are speculating now that there's going to be major changes, because I believe Alex Baskin, as well as a few others, are major, you know, factors as to why these, you know, we have this cast of Beverly Hills, so there could be some shakeup for sure. The source revealed, just because Kyle is the last remaining original cast member doesn't mean she's safe from the chopping block. She's always attacking the other ladies instead of coming up with her interesting storylines of her own, and it hasn't gone unnoticed by Bravo producers or fans. Source also reports that producers are looking into bringing back OG housewife Kim Richards. They also want to promote Kathy to a full-time position on the show. Back in February, Kim Richards revealed that she has talked with Andy Cohen about potentially returning to the show. She teased during an Instagram Live, I did have a phone call. Andy Cohen called me last week, so maybe that could be one of our discussions. He said, you know, a lot of people have been asking for me to come back, and he said he thought I'll go right to the source, so he did, and I do love Andy a lot. He's great. With that being said, I think that if they bring Kim back, then Kyle definitely needs to stay on, too, because the three of them would be interesting to see. I think the dynamic of all three of them being on the show together would be kind of cool to see. Um... I would I would love to see Kathy full-time. Um, I mean, I know that she's coming under some controversy for whatever she's done this this season that we're about to see, so I, I don't know if my answer will change. But as of right now, I think that would be phenomenal. I think she adds great comic relief to the show. I think she helps balance out the group a little bit. I don't see the hatred towards Kyle like that other people do on social media, so I'm not so much on the Kyle hate train. I personally feel that she's kind of like a Teresa for for Beverly Hills and that I don't really feel like they should get rid of her just because she kind of stands the test of time in my opinion as a housewife but I know that some people have very strong opinions about her so I think it would be interesting do I want to see Kim Richards back on the show I think it could be interesting maybe as a friend role but I don't know about a full-time housewife I mean there was just so many I mean Kim definitely brought it um, but I don't know. It would ha- maybe as a friend, but I don't know about full-time housewife. Speaking of casting rumors for Beverly Hills, Kyle was recently on a radio show called Kyle and Jackie O. And she did say that the two people that she would want to come back are Brandy Glanville and Teddy Mellencamp. <laughs> so two very kind of, I feel like, controversial people to bring back. But Kyle admitted with Brandy that she was always great TV. She said it was scary for me because she basically had nothing to lose and she would say anything. But I feel like she actually has grown a lot, yet she's still herself. I'm actually very friendly with her now. She'll text me. Always very sweet. She's been an incredible friend to my sister Kim, and I think she's great TV. Naturally, I think she would want Teddy back because they're just real life best friends. But she said, Teddy is an incredible person and an incredible friend, and I think she's actually a great housewife. I think if she came back, she'd be more comfortable just being herself and she'd be amazing. I would give anything for that because I had so much fun with her on the show and I love being with her. Apparently, Teddy will only return if she's a full-time housewife. So I will say this. I know a lot of people don't want Brandy to come back on and I'm kind of on the fence about it. I think that it would be interesting for sure. Like she, Brandy is great TV, but she's also just, I mean, in watching her on the girls trip, she's also kind of a mess at the same time. And I feel like she's in a way, kind of like a Dorinda. But, you know, she doesn't get, like, angry drunk at people. She just says shit. And I just feel like it would be interesting to maybe see her as a friend. But I don't know about a full-time housewife. As far as Teddy goes, I just don't know. I don't think that she really brought anything to the show. When I think of Beverly Hills, I don't think of Teddy. Um I I, I don't know. Like, I just... I, I like her. It's not that I don't like her because I listen to her podcast and i i do enjoy that i it's just that there's just something about her that just doesn't she doesn't represent beverly hills in my eyes so i don't personally feel like she would fit back in on the show but that's just me so definitely some interesting casting rumors floating around for beverly hills Moving on from that, I do have a recent interview that Cherie did with my friend David Yontef over at Behind the Velvet Rope, where she made some surprising claims about her co-stars on Beverly Hills. According to Cherie, Erica and Diana are the most authentic ladies on the show, while Lisa Rinna gives her grandma vibes. Cherie had a lot more to say. So when it comes to Diana, Cherie insists that she is authentic and real, And I feel like this is going to be hard to swallow for many Bravo fans because Diana has quickly become the most unlikable Beverly Hills housewife since probably, uh, I don't know, Carlton or Joyce. I don't know. On the other hand, Cherie uh, insists that Diana is an interesting character on the show. And I feel like Diana has dubbed herself the new Beverly Hills villain, but fans aren't even buying that title. Some pointing out that she's not even a good villain. Cherie said, I thought it was just an, in my experience, it was just the opposite, you know, and it's sometimes when you come in and when you've got hundreds of millions of rich people, people already have preconceived notions about you. She's someone that I thought was interesting because she's got money, but money doesn't have her. I was very impressed with that. To most people, you're going to be unrelatable, but I just thought she was so real and she has it, but it doesn't have her. She just shows up. While fans definitely have labeled Diana as tacky and pretentious, Sheree says that in fact... She is very authentic and real. She's the kind of person you're going to know exactly where you stand. I like that. Some people don't want that. Some people want you to be phony to them. And you know what I mean. I don't want that. I want to know exactly who you are. You know. When it comes to Diana's villain title that she claims and claims that she's unrelatable, Cherie says it's all part of the reality TV game before noting that she encourages fans to give Diana a chance and see who she really is beyond the wealth and drama Cherie said, People really need a villain. They do need a villain. It's funny because she says, You know, I'm your new villain. And that's exactly what she spoke into existence. But I would hope that as time goes on, people will give her space to be and just to see her humanity. Something she just can't relate to. That's just not her life. But look past that because you can always find redeeming qualities in somebody. I would say, What do you like about the person? We know what you don't like and what they don't like is that she's got a lot of money. Well, don't you want a lot of money? What is really the problem anyway? As far as Diana goes, I am i know that a lot of people don't like her, but I am actually trying to give her a chance. I've been on her side a couple instances so far during the season, so I am trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. I think for me, it takes at least one season to really know if you like a housewife or not. And, um... I mean, give Noella, for example. I think Noella probably could have done with one more season, and then she probably could have been let go. Um, and that was from Orange County. But I, I would say Diana is is doing well so far. I mean, despite what other people might think, um, I'm going to give her a chance <laughs> without judging her too hard. And moving on to Erica, Cherie said that she found Erica to be interesting She said, I respect somebody who is honest and who's transparent and puts it out there. And then I also like the fact that she takes responsibility. If she offends somebody or she says she will apologize, she will. That's what I saw. That was my experience. I don't know about that, but as for Rinna, Cherie found her to be maternal and dubbed her the grandma of the franchise. She said, we were at her house filming and she's making cookies and she's running around with her little hair bouncing around, making sure everybody's cup is full and they have enough to eat and like the cookies are coming out. And I was like, oh my God, she's like a grandma, you know, because for me, my grandmother was so nurturing. I don't, I feel like that's kind of like a backhanded compliment. I don't know. Anyway, it's definitely some interesting thoughts from Sheree. I actually like Sheree, by the way. I think she's adding a good flavor to the mix and being kind of the voice of reason but also i mean i guess we'll have to see how she plays into later on in the season but so far i like her another person that is coming to diana's defense in an entertainment tonight interview crystal said here's the thing with diana it's because the people that i talk to in real life like my friends love her on the show the audience online seems to not like her i think she's just a black and white person and she's just less forgiving Where I wear my heart on my shoulder on, like, my sleeve, I think once she feels sort of wronged, it's hard for her to see otherwise, and everyone has different personalities, and the audience doesn't like that. I get why people are hard on her, but that's just who she is, and I appreciate that she won't adjust. Like that, I think people don't appreciate in her, whereas other people move their personalities around to fit, she won't, and, like, what else do you want? Do you want real, or do you want someone that's going to be fake? She also added that she's impressed by Diana and how she's handling the hate on social media. She said she doesn't adjust, and I think that that's what people ask for, and so it's like take it or leave it. But that's her. I think that I think that's an interesting take too. I want I wanted to say that. Like, um, I I have noticed that Diana is reacting very well on social media, which is a major plus in Bravo executive producer eyes. They like a housewife who, you know, doesn't get too messy on Instagram or Twitter. And I think that's part of the reason why some housewives have gotten fired in the past. I'm actually surprised that Rinna has made it this far being as messy as she is on Instagram and Twitter without even getting acknowledged for it. So I think that it's interesting to see Diana, you know, she's coming under so much fire this season. However, she's maintaining a really strong I mean, she doesn't even really comment on half of the things that people call her out on, so it's definitely interesting. Same with Erica, but Erica never really does that anyway, so. And closing off with Beverly Hills, this was just in a couple days ago, moments after Erica was stepping off of a plane at LAX following a luxurious vacation in Hawaii with Rina and Diana. Um... <laughs> She was definitely brought back to reality, and she was served with papers for a $50 million racketeering lawsuit, which you're probably wondering what the hell does that mean. So, basically, uh, so I'll get to it in just a second, but she was dressed in like a white, I I have the video posted on my Instagram, you gotta kind of watch it because it's really interesting. She was dressed in a white sweatsuit that, and basically looked, you know, I mean no makeup, anything. Uh... (laughs) And she rocked some white sneakers, a Gucci duffel bag, and basically a woman in the video walked up to her and said, I just wanted to give you these documents. This is a summons and complaint to serve you. So the lawsuit filed by Edelson PC alleged that Erica was aware of her estranged husband Tom Girardi's scheme. Tom allegedly, or his, you know, embezzlement, settlement funds from the Lion Air plane crash, Erica has been accused of nine charges, including racketeering, conspiracy to commit racketeering, unlawful business practice, and deceit. The lawsuit claims Tom and Erica routinely misappropriated client settlement money to project an image of wealth and to prop up a lifestyle made for reality TV. Also, if you don't know what racketeering is, it's basically doing business dishonestly and fraudulently. Um... So, I mean, that's kind of like a broad broader term for it, but it's, you know, essentially called racketeering. The lawsuit itself is actually not that shocking to me, only because I feel like this is probably like the 50th lawsuit that that I've even talked about on the show. I don't really know. I, I There's no real update on any of these, like, lawsuits. Like, I don't know. By the way, she's not being criminally charged, so that's different from Jen Shaw from Salt Lake City's situation. She hasn't been, like, federally indicted. These are all just lawsuits that she obviously is appealing because, I mean, I said this earlier, I kind of feel like it's their word against hers, but like I said, I'm, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't, I, I that's just my opinion, um, and it could be a stupid opinion, but whatever. <laughs> Moving on over to Jersey, not much to share, um, but... <laughs> If you're looking for some tea for the upcoming season, I do have something, and I don't know if it's true or not, because it is from Des Moines, which is not a really good source, but it seems pretty interesting, so I'm going to share with you guys. So according to not only Des Moines, but multiple sources, Margaret gets exposed during season 13, but that isn't the only drama. Newbie Danielle Cabra is feuding with Jackie in a major way. So what the source said is, New Jersey 13 is almost done filming, and there's a lot going on. One topic being brought up is Margaret's feud with her childhood bestie, Laura. The original plan was for Margaret to help Laura get on the show, but behind the scenes, she was secretly the one who didn't get her cast. They are no longer friends, and Laura is ready to expose Margaret as broke and a liar. She even called Teresa and Jennifer to meet up with them right before filming started, and they did. Marge hates that this is being brought up on the show and is trying to deflect by bringing up Jen's marriage again. As for other drama, newbie Danielle is going to be the star this season, and she does not vibe with Jackie at all. Source also confirmed reports that Teresa made Dolores and Jennifer bridesmaids, adding that filming for season 13 will wrap just before the wedding. Filming for Teresa's wedding spinoff will start a week before the wedding, which I'm hearing is going to get about four episodes. So look out for that. This year production wanted to keep whatever happened during filming under wraps, so this isn't even beginning of all the drama. Oh, so this isn't even the beginning of all the drama that went down. When it comes to casting, fans can expect seven full-time housewives with two friends. Currently Teresa, Melissa, Dolores, Marge, and Jennifer, and newbie Danielle are full-time. Jackie and the newbies Rachel and Jen Fessler are vying for other full-time the other full-time spot. A second source confirmed that Margaret will get exposed this season, saying, Margaret's ex-childhood friend is being brought up a lot this season and she will do anything to deflect from it. I've spoken to this childhood friend of hers and can confirm that she has a lot in her arsenal of information that Marge will definitely not want out there. The insider also revealed that production has favored Margaret over the years and have done her plenty of favors in the editing room. Let's just say what we see is not always what you really get. It's unfortunate that viewers are fooled by the editing and facades. On top of that, the second source insists that Margaret did in fact spread and start the rumor of Jackie and Evan's relationship troubles. In addition to that, it is true that Margaret went out of her way to communicate and investigate with people from both Louie and Bill's past prior to last season. Her hands aren't as clean as they seem. Definitely some interesting information. I am definitely looking forward to Jersey again. I feel like the last season was over so quick and um, I always love watching Jersey. It's one of my favorites, so stay tuned for that. Moving on over to Roni, I have one quick thing to share with Roni. Apparently, former Real Housewives of New York star Carol Radziwell admits that she doesn't like that Bravo can use her image to promote their new shows despite the fact that she left the network in 2018. On Twitter, a fan commented that they love seeing Carol in flashback scenes while watching season two of Ultimate Girls Trip, which takes place at Dorinda's Bluestone Manor. Um, Carol was also the one to give the house its now infamous name, which you probably did not know that. Carol replied to the tweet by saying, thanks, honestly, I don't love that Bravo TV shows me in flashbacks and can still talk about me rudely as the cast did in that awful Roni season 13. They use me, and now I'm not even getting paid for it. LOL. No residual payments. She then encouraged current Real Housewives to unionize, excuse me, to protect their image down the line and get paid for their work long after they leave their respective shows. She said, reality contracts are seriously whack. Unionize, ladies. I'm not a reality star, so I can't comment on that, but I feel like Carol is super bitter Um I don't know, she's just always so bitter. And Andy always says that he, you know, he always has nothing but nice things to say about her because he was the one who really wanted her on the show. But um, I don't know, she seems to never have anything nice to say about Bravo. And honestly, like, is she shown in flashbacks? Because I, I honestly can't remember. Like, I guess I just don't pay attention to it that much. Moving on over to OC, we now know that Tamara is returning. It was confirmed on Watch What Happens Live with that iconic... Grab of the Orange and Andy Cohen announced that she is back for season 17 as a full-time housewife. Tamara did tease that she may have some drama with co-stars Gina and Emily and Heather going down into season 17. So it's no secret that Tamara has some issues with her former BFF, Shannon, which we know, but that's a whole nother story. On Twitter... Tamara retweeted a post noting that her first week of filming should be interesting considering Gina, Heather, and Emily have all made headlines talking about why OC is better without Tamara. The post shared various headlines from the past two years, basically bashing Tamara, returning, um, you know, basically that she had left. And Tamara replied, ouch, to the headlines before retweeting the post with a blushing, laughing emoji and an orange one headline read, Gina says Tamara and Vicky's departure from O.C. was the reroute the show needed. Another headline read, why Emily Simpson says O.C. is better without Vicky and Tamara. A third headline said, why Tamara Judge thinks Heather Dubrow is preventing her O.C. return. And then a fourth one said, Emily Simpson feels like she's off Housewife Survivor after Vicky and Tamara's O.C. exits. Definitely going to be interesting uh, because Tamara is just going to be super authentically... Is that a word? Herself. And I cannot wait to see it. I think it's going to be great. I am so excited. Moving on over to Salt Lake City, one quick thing to share. There's not much updates on the Jen Shaw case. However, turns out that Jen Shaw isn't the only one on the hook to pay the $9 million restitution that she agreed to pay as part of her plea deal. Jen also agreed to forfeit $6 million, by the way, and she is facing up to 30 years in prison after pleading guilty to fraud charges As part of a national telemarketing scheme that defrauded older Americans. Now it has come to light that Jen's husband, Coach Shah or Sharif, may also be liable for the repayment, according to former L.A. Deputy District Attorney Emily Baker. Emily recently chatted with people and explained why Coach Shah may also be on the hook to pay the $9 million restitution if she's unable to do so. So she said, first, the forfeiture. Wait, did I say that right? Forfeiture? Allows for substituting of assets, so any assets that she owns can be forfeited to the government to cover that six point five million dollars. That also depends on how much they took when they did the search warrant because they had the right to grab money, property, things like that. She also added, so the government might have already some might already have some money or property of hers. Emily also notes that the government already had some money from Jen's assistant Stewart who pled guilty in November of 2021 for their crimes. She also explained, they also said that for some of it, she could be jointly and separately liable for Stewart, depending on if there's restitution. So it might be a split. She also said there's a funny sentence in the plea deal that they could be jointly and separately liable together. And that would be very interesting because that would reduce it. But if she can't pay, there's not so much she can do, It's always it will always be there, and they can garnish any income. If she writes a book, they can garnish that. So after the forfeiture is done, they can go after any income. She also said that that includes marital property, adding that Coach Shaw's income could be garnished to pay Jen's debt. She explained, things that are separate to him, no but anything that they share as a married couple, yes, and that can be his income, stuff like that. Most things are going to be considered marital property, so yes, this is their debt, it's in her name, but he's not going to be able to have marital property that's not a potential to be attached for this restitution. She also noted that it wouldn't matter if the Shaws were to divorce, explaining that the university, um, or I'm sorry, explaining that Coach Shaw would still be liable because this is now accumulated during the marriage and they have been married since 1994, so it is a long time. Isn't that crazy though? Like, could you imagine being married to her and then realizing shit? Like, I gotta pay. I mean, what is it? It was like nine million or six million, both. Nine million restitution, and then agreed to forfeit six million. So, I mean, that's just a lot of money. That's like, I mean, that's basically like taking their whole life away. I mean, because they're rich. I mean, definitely it could start with her clothes um because there's probably some money there uh i mean i don't know it's just kind of crazy like to think about that you know i mean imagine if your spouse did that and you had to like give up everything that you've owned and worked hard for or i mean she didn't really work hard for it but whatever and closing off here with dubai um i have a recent interview that lisa did with page six where she admits that she can't stand most of these bitches is what she said <laughs> On her um, on her interview, and she added that she is ready to face off with her co-stars at the upcoming reunion. She said, "I can't stand most of these bitches. I hope that we can come to a resolution at some point. I'm still close to some of the girls. I just feel like we have unresolved issues that hopefully we can resolve at the reunion." She added that her co-stars' comments on social media and in promo interviews have been quite shocking, more so than anything that she has come out of their mouths during the confessional interviews. She said, to be honest, I think most of the surprise came at the reaction of people as they watched the show. The most surprising things, the things that they say in the press and stuff, I think that has been the most surprising. She said, I'm excited because I feel like I have a lot of things to say and a lot of receipts to draw up. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually really excited. I'm not going to go back and forth online, but I am going to show up to the reunion with a lot. I actually don't like drama, but I'm looking forward to clearing my name one and two, hopefully. Come to a resolution... But I do love the ladies. These are my friends. and I do hope that the reunion is like a therapy session. First of all, there is nothing I hate more than a housewife that says that she doesn't like drama. Like, bye. What are you doing here then? These shows are all about drama. That's what we live for. It's kind of like saying that people want like, you know, I just want a peaceful weekend, a peaceful girls vacation. No, we want havoc. We want, you know, wretchedness. We want all the shit to happen. I mean, come on. Um, I don't really know what Lisa's talking about yet because Dubai has been kind of slow on the drama. But I will say I am looking forward to the reunion because I feel like these ladies kind of talk shit with each other behind their backs and stuff. And um, it's going to be interesting to see them all in the same room together and forced to talk about certain things because I just don't get the vibe that they want to do it on camera. And I know it's the first season, so I'm going to give them a chance. I will keep watching for y'all and, you know... I. I will keep giving y'all my opinion even if you don't want it. (laughs) Well, my friends, we have reached the end of The Ultimate Breakdown. I hope you enjoyed it. Here is your Flash filming update. Atlanta is currently still airing on Sundays. Beverly Hills is currently still airing on Wednesdays. Followed by Dubai, which is currently airing on Wednesdays. Um, The reunion has been filmed, so I think we're nearing the end of the season. I would say I think we have about four or five more episodes So stay tuned for that. I I did hear that the reunion was pretty good. So we should expect that. Uh, Miami has wrapped filming. So we should get a premiere. I mean, probably like late next... I mean, maybe late this year, early next year. I guess we'll find out. Jersey is currently still filming, but they are almost done. New York, I have no update yet. Just the same as always. OC begins filming... Next week, I believe. Or wait, maybe it started filming this week. Well, either this week or next week, I know for sure. Potomac is almost done filming. I've heard that they have had an explosive season so far, so that should be good. And Salt Lake City has wrapped, so we should be getting a premiere soon for that. Probably late this year, I I would assume. And Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3 has also wrapped, and that is definitely going to be coming out next year because they like to keep us waiting on that (laughs) um vanderpump rules is currently still filming i have no updates so far i think everything's going okay so far and uh summer house is currently still filming so i'll let you guys know if i hear anything else on that but yes thank you guys so much for tuning in and i will talk to you soon Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you know when I drop a new episode. Follow me on Instagram at Housewives Happy Hour for updates on the podcast and the latest news regarding all things Housewives. Until next time, this was Housewives Happy Hour with AJ.